0: You are listening to the MJ Sportscast, recapping the latest games, getting you up to date on the latest sports news, and providing our exciting Bay Area picks. This is the MJ Sportscast with your hosts, Mike Tang and Jerry Yang.
1: let's talk a little about baseball so are you surprised that the giants are number two in the nl west and also number one in the wild card hunt
0: i'm actually not too surprised by their start i'm just very curious if they're if they're able to sustain it um Mm -hmm. throughout the season i'm here it's still way too early like you saw i think the a's lost five in a row and then they ended up coming back to win like seven eight in a row um, in recent weeks. So, you know, baseball is such a trend. It's such like a momentum-type uh, game that um, you can't really take into account too much out of the first two to three weeks here in the season. But, mm-hmm. you know, it really comes down to pitching. This Giants team, it really reminds me of the 2011 um, Giants, which they really mm-hmm. depended a lot on um, on starting pitching. And uh, this the 2011 team, they also acquired Carlos Beltran, if you recall mm. um, right. here. And um, the way that offense worked, you know, they kind of just um, – Power hitting, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, they kind of <laughs> have to depend on power hitting to get them through it. But I think this this um, 2021 team is better equipped to play a full season um, there just because they have a lot um, more versatile options on the field. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants find some way to slip into the wild card race. Um, and win the wild card. But they need pitchers to stay healthy. They need Cueto to stay healthy here. Um, Alex Wood is known for not playing a whole season. He's very injury prone, and he had a great debut against Miami um, here. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, What are your thoughts on the Giants season so far?
1: I think my biggest concern is going to be the bullpen. Um, I know we are looking a little bit better with the bullpen nowadays, right? I think um, Jake McGee is kind of becoming our closer um okay. he did blow one save which you know i'm not gonna put it against him maybe it was just a bad game um but outside of him we'll have to see like you said right um i can't even name like a guy that I can really rely on you know <laughs> but as the season develops, maybe guys get better and then we'll start to develop more and see who's yeah. gonna be our solid guys you know so that'll be my biggest concern and yeah i think the hitting's great um that's also a concern to me as well because i think he can only go on these home run streaks for so long yeah. um it, it's usually a streaky game when you do that right <laughs> you go for 10 games where you have average about like two or three home runs a game then you're gonna go through the dry spell of having no home runs <laughs> for 10 games and what what's your record gonna look like right you have to be able to get it done with a short ball as well so um yeah and also Um,
0: also their margin of victory has been very small too usually it's been between like one to three runs and the highest um run differential was probably four runs there and most um most dominating teams they win by large different run differential so that's something to keep an eye on because we definitely can it's tough to sustain playing very tight games and winning like over 85 to 90 of them there. Um, I see that Andrew Peterson mentioned that the A's are in a 10-game winning streak, not 7 to 8. Thanks for the clarification, Andrew. Here, the A's are on fire. There's never any time to panic um, (laughs) here. And I believe because we were not recording during the beginning of the season that's why the a's lost five in a row so yeah know, we're so back now
1: we start recording we started talking about <laughs> now they're back right they're andrew back, guys if you want to call in andrew call in i sent the link out so for our live stream listeners if anyone wants to call in call in we have a stream yard link um so this call in we'll love to have you on and talk to you about more about um the a's if you want to so yeah so let us know Beltran for Wheeler, shake my head. Yeah, I agree. That was a disastrous <laughs> trade, but I think it had to be done at the time. I think Beltron was leading a league. I think it hits and all this, all the fun RBI stats and stuff like that. So I think they did it to win it, but I think the ballpark caught up to Beltron and his injury history did too. Yeah, yeah,
0: you know, that trade was just so unfortunate. And, you know, looking back at it now, 10 years later, Wheeler is still a very, very effective starting pitcher um here mm-hmm. he's probably like a number two pitcher for a good pitching staff and you know out of all pitchers to choose from our farm system we just had to pick zach at the I time, know. <laughs> you know and if carlos beltran you know came onto the team yeah. here and we went to the postseason and won a world series would we really you know crush the giants Watching. ownership for yeah. for making that move probably not but since we didn't even make the playoffs it just looks really bad um you know, Wheeler, he, he, he pitched pretty well against the Giants, you know, yeah. uh a day a, a day or two ago um here. So he got yeah, his money as yep. well. I mean I mean it's like uh
1: Barry Zito, right? Barry Zito was a boss for us until he helped us beat the Cardinals and the NLCS and then won a World Series for us. You know, all of a sudden he's redeemed, you know. So yeah, I think championships can really redeem ourselves. So it's uh it's kinda of hard to say. Um but you know, well, I'm excited to see the rest of the season and see how it pans out. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Let's talk about some Warriors uh, basketball now, huh? So Curry carrying the team again. James Wiseman's out for the season, as we know yeah. now. Uh, we haven't had a chance to cover that. But, you know, I think this team, I think you mentioned it a couple weeks ago and of the interviews with Poor Man or maybe uh, a prior interview to that. Mm-hmm. but they do seem like the we believe warriors in a lot of ways, right? Not exactly the same. I think um, we do play a little bit more defense than the we believe warriors, um, but it's very offense-dependent, and um, and if they get into the first round of the playoffs, I feel like we can maybe make it out of the first round, but winning the championship is probably a tall order. Um, what do you think about this whole season?
0: Yeah, I mean, the way that Curry is putting up all these numbers, we talked about this before, but we're just basically wasting Curry's prime years. Um, He's 33. He's not getting any younger um, here, and we're trying to win a championship within the next two seasons. You know, Curry will probably be 34, 35 by then, right? And does he have any more left, you know? And historically speaking, guards and point guards – um, they don't really, they don't really last too long past thirty-five. Here, you can probably look at Steve Nash as an example, who won mm-hmm. MVPs in his early thirties, I believe. And uh, when he went to the Lakers, he basically was done. Um, that was the tail end of his career. So, you know, it's great to watch um, here, and I think as Warriors fans, we should just enjoy the moment and just kind of enjoy greatness. And not maybe not even really worry about the championship for a season or two and just kind of appreciate what we <laughs> have with Curry because I think Curry is a top 10 player um ever. Uh he maybe even Curry. higher than that. Um here. Just the way, just just the way he's revolutionized the game and his skill set. So mm-hmm. I think just enjoying it, make let's hope that he stays healthy for the rest of the season. Let's hope that we can sneak into the playoffs. Um, and no one wants to play us. No, None of the top seeds in the West want to play the Warriors um, in the playoffs here. So the Warriors, they could have a chance to, uh, you know, make an upset, maybe win a round or two and kind of see where it goes from there.
1: So outside of Draymond Green and Steph Curry, who do you think are players that have really stepped it up for you? I think to me, it's probably, you know, the obvious Andrew Wiggins. But I think on the low is to, um, Anderson, right? Toscano Anderson. I think he's... Stepped in tremendously for me and getting Ken Baysmore back, I thought was like a big X factor as well. Um, yeah. I think I liked him better off the bench, but with the injury to Wiseman and you know, um, to Kelly Oubre, I think he had to step in as a um, as a player to have to come in, right? So I think, um, but yeah, to me, I think those are the top guys. And I see James here mentioned Jordan Poole, right? I think that's also another guy as well that's kind of surprising you. But in some ways, that does, doesn't surprise me. I think Jordan Poole has been playing the way he has been playing. And he's just getting better and better, right? So I think his trajectory didn't surprise me. But... Yeah, Toscano Anderson to me is one of the bigger shockers and Wiggins being able to keep up um, the consistency. But who else comes in your mind, uh, Mike?
0: I think the main guy who um, who's a bit surprising to me is Ken Bazemore um, coming yeah. in just because he was not really projected to make too much of an impact. But um, due to, like, many injuries, like Obrey's, um has mm-hmm. has um, been out for multiple games here. Jordan Poole has been sent to the G League. We needed to have Ken Bazemore, um play quite a lot of minutes. And I believe his plus-minus um, is very positive. It's probably, like, in the top four within the current Warriors roster. Wow, really?
1: Um, I didn't here. know that. That's it's, crazy. It's, it's
0: probably within the top four um here and just having him um you know come in with that defensive energy yes he commits a lot of fouls yes he makes a lot of like mistakes um here but it's it's hard to duplicate that energy um there and he's also shooting the three um at at his best um mm-hmm. here so it's um i hope we can uh, resign him you know this coming yeah. season you know he'll be uh he'll be a good fit for the for this roster um here yeah um yeah. you also mentioned andrew wiggins mm-hmm. um Yeah, he's Mm -hmm. having a good season percentage wise, but, you know, there's a lot of moments where, you know, he kind of just disappears in crunch time, maybe because he's deferring to Curry. um, But you just don't really see him make an impact. You saw like that Boston Celtics game um, there where Curry is kind of just doing everything on his own. And we kind of needed someone else to step up in that game offensively in the fourth quarter. And no one really did. And that's why we lost that game.
1: But, I mean, compare him to where he was for with the Timberwolves. I mean, yeah. that's a huge difference, right? He's like a new player to me. You know, I think the expectation for him to carry the whole team, I think, is fair. Because he is a first-round pick. And he is arguably now the number three guy next to uh, Draymond and Curry, right? So, I think it's pretty fair. But... You know, overall, though, I still think he's a pretty good player. You know, yeah. I don't think we would win as many games without him. I think the guys I'm disappointed in, right, is Damian Lee. I think he's fell off. Hmm. I think Eric Pascoe, right? Yeah. I think we talked about it a million times with Pascoe. In some ways, Michael Mulder, I thought, would uh, be a bigger role as well, you know. But obviously, he's a bench player. We can't expect much. I hope we see more of Nico, Um off the bench just to develop him a little bit more. I know he's also one of our higher picks, probably unrealistic expectations there. And I'm wondering how much they're going to use Kavon Looney as well, right? Um, Now without Wiseman there, I think that's the only guy we have with size.
0: Yeah, I really like Kavon Looney um, ever since Wiseman was uh, injured recently. I think Mm -hmm. he's stepped it up a lot uh, defensively um, here, especially against Embiid. Um yeah, he's going to be he's going to be very crucial down the stretch. We just got to hope that uh Looney stays healthy um here and some of the guys that you mentioned uh Nico Mannion, I think he's just going to be a long-term uh second string point guard. So hopefully we could do, you know, we can develop him to just play that second unit. Um and what which other players did you mention? Um you mentioned uh, um, Eric Pascal um here he's Eric just Pascal been Michael he's just been, yeah, yeah Pascal just been hurt he's been a little disappointing just because he showed so much promise early yes. last season and he's dipped off um significantly um here Michael Motor, you know i think he is who he is in a, in the aspect that he's basically like um he's a sharp shooter with right. basically nothing <laughs> nothing else to his offensive game um That's true. here so um you know Michael motors is oh. there for shooting so that's what yeah. it really comes down to.
1: And what's interesting is we got Gary Payton, the gloves' son, for a ten-day contract, and I think he looked pretty good in the last few games. So they signed him for another ten-day contract. So that came out of nowhere. I mean, yeah. is that some guy that you had on the radar? Because I sure has it. I sure did it. I didn't even know. The glove had a son, first of all, and I didn't know he was in the NBA, and I yeah. didn't know he was on the Warriors. So <laughs> when he came in for that one game, he had a really good defensive outing, and he had a, you know a few good plays. I think I was really surprised. Um, so I'd be curious to see more of him, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, um, kind of defense follows you around, right? And Gary Gary mm-hmm. Payton, I think that his last name's the second, or Gary Payton the second. The he's second, known for his yeah. defense. I think he's even won, like, some... G league defensive player Mm. of the year award, um, as well. But, uh, the thing that's going to keep him around with the team is going to be his offense. And I think that's what, that's, what's lacking with Peyton Mm. is that his Mm -hmm. offense hasn't met with his defensive standards.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So, and then Andrew Peterson said, Curry has to be a top top for MVP candidate. I do agree with you on that one. I think, um, it's between him, Giannis and Embiid probably. Um, but NB, I think, has been hurt lately. So, yeah, probably Curry at this point. I think we have less than 20 games left in the season too, right? I think we're really coming down to the wire. So I think depending on the remaining schedule, if Curry can stay healthy, get the team into the playoffs somehow, then he's a lock for that MVP candidate, I think.
0: Yeah, you know, voters really like um, players who play for winning teams there and who are yeah. competing for the finals. So it's going to be very challenging, um, but I think this stretch that Curry is in the past, what six to seven games, mm-hmm. should like um, give voters some sort of encouragement to vote, for them, <laughs> you know. But yeah, um, but yeah, you know, winning, winning kind of determines a lot of this, a lot of these things, and the Warriors really need to be over five hundred to for Curry to have a chance at this award.
1: Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Then let's see, James Tran said, Jokovic number one, and B, then Curry on Brovada. Okay, so on the voting sites, they're thinking it's Jokovic. Okay, well, we'll see. And B, I think he's been hurt in mid-season, but I think he's back now. So maybe uh, that's the guy that came to mind. I didn't realize Jokovic was that highly touted, but maybe I'm just not paying attention there. So yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then I think shifting gears, I think we don't really talk about San Jose Sharks hockey very much because I don't think either of us watched that much San Jose Sharks hockey. But Patrick Marleau broke uh, Gordie Howe's record for games played, mm-hmm. um, 1,768. I think what's amazing about this record is that it hasn't been broken for 59 years. So it seems like, um, you know, it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah, I mean... You know, when I look at this record, it's like okay, a thousand seven hundred sixty-eight games, right? It seems like mm-hmm. a lot of games, right? And like Patrick marlowe has been in the in the ho- in hockey what for fifteen plus years, um, mm-hmm. here, Jerry. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, is this record really, um, is is this record really that unreachable, right? After Marlowe? and I'm thinking to myself, I think someone is can break over two thousand games you know, coming up maybe within the next 15 years or 20 years from now. It's not like when Cal Ripken broke Lou Garrick's record, <laughs> you know, back in 1996. Um, I think yeah. that was like over, you know, 2,100 games, but that's in baseball, you know, so right. um, I'm not trying to discount. Sport. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to discount Marlowe's record, but it just seems like no one's really talking about it um, here. And if you're a hockey fan, maybe, maybe this, this record is um pretty, um, pretty golden to you but uh when i think about it it feels like okay it's just that patrick marlow has you know found a way to play the longest and has some sort of longevity um here oh there you go 24, 24 seasons, seasons right <laughs> so if if you know if you're if you're um a hockey player um like Joe Thorne, I think he's played maybe over 20 seasons too yeah. Um. here. And um, it goes to show, you know, Patrick Marleau has stayed healthy for the most part, especially when he was a shark. And, uh, mm. you know, that's good that he has the record here, but I do think it's going to be broken again someday.
1: I mean, 59 years, though, before it got broken, right? And yeah. it's such a
0: physical sport. So I think uh,
1: I agree with you, eventually get broken, but I don't think it's going be anytime soon. Um, I haven't checked the record books by... Dare to say I don't think anyone's as close to even Marlo's record at this point. Um and I'm a little bit surprised. Uh out of the shirts that would be Marlo. I know he played for twenty four seasons, but yeah, I would think it's gonna be someone like Joe Thornton, right? If, to me, I guess during my time of watching hockey, (laughs) Joe Thornton seems a guy that's always been around, you know? So, um, but now now I think Thornton's retired too. So it's, uh, yeah, it's Marlowe's game. So hats off to him. Um, I'm wondering how many more games he'll play and, you know, and how, how intense, uh, and exciting that record is for hockey fans. Um, I know a lot of my friends who are hockey fans are, are really into it, you know? So, I guess if you guys are listening to this show, just leave a comment and let us know. Like, is uh, is this record special, or is it just uh, another hockey record?
0: <laughs> yeah, more like a milestone. You know, like
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> you know how with baseball nowadays, you know, five home runs used to be like oh, it used to like put you into the Hall of Fame. Now it's kind of like a milestone. Right. You know what I mean? Um, prove us wrong. You know, if this if this record is really um, something that guarantees marlo into the you know the hockey hall of fame Ooh. um just let us know and we'll we will definitely hear you out so we have a special guest that
1: called in right now let's uh let's live stream him hello special guest can you hear us oh man what's going on man <laughs> who is our special guest here <laughs> what's going on man how you doing Good, it's Feeling the Beast good. Rider you, making a special me? guest appearance on our show. Yes, we can hear you. Can you hear us? Uh oh, he's at the gym. A I can tell bit. he's at the gym. Yeah, I knew the you gym. were at the gym, man.
2: Yeah. Eating rice What's crispy? going on, brother?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's yes, <man>. your favorite, <laughs> man. Your favorite rice krispies. What's going on? Draft is almost here, huh? Are you yeah. excited?
2: It hey is. Beast, we I just were exciting, talking man. about
0: it's the really cool. um, we we're talk we were talking about the 49ers here because this is probably gonna be um uh-huh. you know one or one or one of the last few episodes before the draft. Um and you know the Niners, you know, they have the number three pick. Uh-huh. And I think the consensus pick here is Justin Fields, Beast. Right. Are you um are you agreeing with this? I uh-huh. know this was your uh-huh. pick, uh, right after they traded up to number three. Um, here, yeah. but from what you're hearing, from you know, the stuff you've been yeah. uh, putting out there, Justin Fields, number three yeah. pick, is that the guy
2: mm-hmm. right now? As it stands, yeah, Justin Fields. Now, there's going to be some talk about Trey Lance, that's why you're hearing all the smoke screens about epilepsy that's coming out. You're also going to hear a lot of stuff that uh, Trey Lance is the guy. We heard Lombardi say Trey Lance is good, the guy if Mac Jones is not the answer. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. uh, Mac Jones is not the guy. In my opinion, I think that's that's kind of fool's gold take, right? And we're just going to see who's right, you know? I'm not afraid to put my analysis on there. Um, Like I said, uh, your credibility is all about being right, right, and getting it right. And so, like, Uh I'm not saying I'm right all the time. But, again, it comes back to how do I say this without being, like, sounding cocky? Basically, your work will be your noise, right? So, at the end of the day, it's like people say stuff. And it's up to you because everyone has a brain. So, everyone has an opinion. Now I could be wrong, right? Uh, But ultimately, Mm -hmm. I think Justin Fields, as of two fourteen p.m. on this wacky Wednesday, Justin Fields (laughs) is going to be the choice because you don't trade up from twelve to three to get a guy who could at six to eight. Right. That's just my, my my thinking behind that.
1: Yeah, and I guess if Matt Jones doesn't go to the Niners, who do you think he goes to? I think uh, a realistic option in my mind is probably the Patriots. He might fall that far,
2: but um, who do you think? I think it might be, I have the Patriots, actually I'm hearing that they're really targeting Trey Lance instead so yeah, oh so the Trey Lance, the guy. wow yeah, yeah
1: so maybe yeah, even so the second round then for mac you. jones it seems like oh huh? if he doesn't go if he's not gonna be there at 15 well, or gonna be there at 15 i don't think any other have teams
2: to, gonna take a chance on him well the the, the thing is, that we have to look at is the analytic side of it and again the best be, uh the best predictor of behavior is past behavior right so if you want to mm-hmm. go back in the past and uh, look at Bill Belichick's track. Well, it's not his M.O. to go ahead and ship in the first round, but it's not his M.O. as well to spend the agency like he did. And I feel like because Tom Brady won a Super Bowl, he has a chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. saying, you know, it's my chance to prove myself. We have spending. Let's go out with the guys that we need to get, these stopgap yeah. players, fill in yep. those needs, and then roll with Cam Newton because you have Cam man's game. You have Cam Newton there. If you bring in a guy like Mac Jones, you have to tailor the offense awesome again once Cam Newton is gone next year. Plus, you have these new guys that you're trying to build rapport with in the new season with New England Patriots. So if you kind of try to see the locker room dynamic and create a locker room presence to where everyone's on the same page, you don't want to dissect the playbook or change up the playbook from a dual threat quarterback to a pure pocket passer, which is why you want to go with right. Trey Lance, because of the fact that you're keeping that dual threat ability intact when it comes to playbook in itself, and that way everyone's on the same page moving forward. It's like going to a new company – and then having a high turnover and then having to rework the system in the sales department because of the fact that these people or the guy at the top wants things done his way. It's his way or the highway. That's not how it works. It's better, and Bill Belichick's track record will speak for this, that it's better that the new guy coming in has to adapt to the same culture rather than the other way around because there's too many moving parts, especially when you translate that to the NFL level.
1: Yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, they have Cam Newton, who's a dual throw tar- quarterback. So, and yeah, yep. you, Matt Jones would completely disrupt that. So, I agree with you. Either they have to trade Cam Newton or they draft a guy like Trey Lance. So, um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, like at this point, we're even questioning if uh, Zach Wilson go number two. At this point, it seems like yeah. you know Justin Fields' stock has gone up a lot these days. You know, with his last pro day and with. Um, some of the Vegas odds are also reflecting it that, hey, his stock is definitely high up there. Um, maybe the Niners pumped it up a little bit too. So what but do you I don't think there? they're going to
2: trade? I don't think they're going to trade Cam Newton. They're going to keep him one way or the other because they're going to use the same analogy that the Jimmy Garoppolo one more year concept is. Whoever the quarterback mm-hmm. is, Bill Belichick is not dumb. He's going to let that quarterback groom. Now it could be Trey Lance. It could be Justin Fields. Ultimately going to be Mac Jones. That's all the smoke that's coming out and that's what I'm hearing now things can change from now until then don't count out the Denver Broncos who are sitting there at nine and the Miami Dolphins who are sitting ah. there at six they could swap mm-hmm. places and uh <laughs> I ain't put this out there but I guess I'll give you guys this so don't be surprised the Dolphins move from six to nine stay with the top ten and if they everyone's saying pass catcher pass catcher pass catcher for the Dolphins but ultimately they need a second level backer Earlier, I said in my live streams that ultimately that guy's going to be Michael Parsons. You get the best linebacker at a fraction of the price of what it would take and still get draft capital returns. If you're looking at it from a thinking man's game and being analytical about it from a number standpoint, it really makes financial sense to go ahead and make that play rather than to reach for a uh, pass catcher that you otherwise could have been able because this class is deep with wide receivers. There's no Mm, reason mm -hmm. to go ahead and reach for a wide receiver because since 2010, like I said, there's been 40 wide receivers drafted in the first round. Only 10 of them have made the Pro Bowl or were considered All-Pro wow. players. So that's a 25 mm-hmm. percent success rate. Or sorry, is it 20? 20, yeah, 25 percent success rate. Um, so if you're doing the math, if you're again, I'm all about the numbers, right? Not because I'm Asian, I'm good at math. Because I'm not. But <laughs> <laughs> with, that, with that being said, um, you have to look. Yeah, you have to really do the numbers, though, right? Like you really have to crunch the numbers, and then. When you take that into account, and then you also double down on those games and see how many wide receivers were drafted inside the top ten and out, well, it's few and far between. Right? So I think there's 28 wide receivers drafted in the top ten since 2000. If I'm, mistaken. Mm-hmm. If I'm mistaken. if I'm not mistaken, of those, I believe only like nine made the Pro Bowl or were all pro talent. Right. So if you do the math, that's a that's a 32 success rate. If I'm, if I'm doing the math correctly, um, I'm at the gym. Sorry, I don't know. I don't know the numbers. It's alright. Um, it right then uh pretty
1: good yeah but, yeah. but last that's season a, that's why that's i guess my only argument is last season we saw a lot of good ride right receivers right i think that's what's also kind of pumping this season's ride right receivers class is because of last season i think the season before was a pretty weak class right i think i don't think mm-hmm. uh anyone really panned out besides maybe dK Metcalf but in this season it seems like you know you have Justin Jefferson you have you know Ayuk, obviously and and all these guys that are like looking really good and i think with this right. draft people have this uh recency bias of right receivers being you know a uh, pretty pretty palpable thing that can translate from college to pro you know so right Beast, right. do you think this what...
0: do you think this year's draft of wide receiver could potentially be better than last season's crop of wide Ooh. receivers here or do you think last season was so strong that um maybe this this coming draft is maybe like a three to four wide receiver all pro type player
2: i would say it's neck to neck i can't really put a number on it i will say this both classes are extremely deep yeah and when you look at the wide mm-hmm. receiver position they're the crop uh, the way the league is transcending anything can go, and the league's always changing and always evolving because of fantasy football at the end of the day the NFL is a mm, risk mm-hmm. business, but it's more of a financial mm. business than anything else so everybody's in it for the money you know to make your back pocket fatter so how do you do that? Well you incorporate fantasy football change up the rules and now uh it's predominantly been male we see a lot of females a lot of our you know friends and family members they're all into fantasy mm-hmm. football and they really don 't care about the team that wins they more care about their fantasy football team so In a sense, it raises morale for all parties involved. And at the end of the day, you really have to take that into account because outside of just looking at the numbers and the analytics of it, you have to look at the business side to it too because at the end of the day, the NFL is a business.
1: Right. And jersey sales and T-shirt sale and merchandise sales are actually going up for individual players outside of demographics right. because of fantasy football so it's uh i think this is a profitable business for them. i think that's why the qbs are being highly talented, right receivers are highly talented. yeah and we'll see if running backs will be in the future right because i think those are the top three positions of any fantasy football team <laughs> and those those stats might align with that so that's interesting the impact that fantasy football has
2: i think i froze <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think he froze well thank you Beast for coming on our show um, so I guess uh, thank you. We'll, we'll talk to you later yeah. then Sorry. thanks a lot Yeah, <laughs> All right. thanks Ryan alright so that's Ryan Sakamoto Beast Rider um, so I'm on there Mondays 2.30 uh, Mike's on there on Thursday at 2.30 on his show the Beast Rider on YouTube so make sure you subscribe to that follow him on Twitter as well at Beast Rider so thank you Beast Rider for coming on to our show So, yeah, I think it's really interesting what you said. Um, I know the stats don't favor right receivers, but the last class was really good. So it's kind of hard to say, but, you know, we'll see how this goes. And, yeah, that was an interesting take that Trey Lance uh, to the Patriots. Uh, I I think the Patriots might have to train up to do that, right, at 15 With the hype now that I think Trey Lance is getting, I don't think the Patriots get him at 15. Yeah, I
0: saw some of those rumors too um, this week, and it just makes a lot of sense, to be honest with you, just because uh, Trey Lance's skill set really matches well with Cam Newton, right? And Beast mentioned Mm -hmm. it where Mm -hmm. you don't really have to change the playbook around there. And you can just basically be very patient with Trey Lance. You don't have to expect to have him play this coming season. And you can just kind of roll with Cam Newton. Um, this season and still probably have a winning record Um, to be yeah. honest with you. So I really love the fit. And I think if if any organiz- any organization would be good for a young, promising quarterback, it's the New England Patriots there. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it would be fortunate if um, a guy like Zach Wilson is able to play for the Patriots and kind of learn to play <laughs> through belt, you know, learn to put the playbook, the, uh, the Patriots way, instead of being forced to play right away for a Jets team. Here. So it's going to be very risky uh, for Zach Wilson, you know, yeah. and um, it's going to be a very 50 50 proposition if Zach Wilson is able to um, be an all pro right away.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see the Patriots because I think what they have going for them is a strong offensive line. You yeah. have a strong offensive coaching right? Like, obviously, with Belichick, and um, who's our offensive coordinator? I slipped my mind out, but he's a pretty strong call. McDaniels,
0: I believe. McDaniels, yeah. yeah.
1: McDaniels is a really strong offensive coordinator, right? I think the only thing you have going against you is receiving help, right? Now you have Nikhil Harry there, but then Julian Edelman announces retirement, right? So you do have some risk going into that that system with your right receivers, but absolutely, I think... Um, oh, they got uh, Ken, Kendrick Bourne, right? say Aguilar. So maybe that helps a little bit, but I don't think they have a top guy really there. So they're, they're going to struggle a little bit with receiving help. But yeah, I think overall I agree with you. The playbook makes sense; it matches their system. Um, but yeah, I still don't know if Trey Lance will fall that far. So I think if they want to make a move, the Patriots has to trade somebody. So um, trade picks or trade, you know, a player or something. And I don't know if Belichick wants to do that. So we'll have to see how that goes. But but yeah um you know i agree with you yeah. zach wilson day one that sucks you know, that's i guess that's for any rookie quarterback i mean even trevor lawrence um to Jags, he has to start day one that's not a very ideal situation especially with a new head coach as well who's trying to figure things out um but yeah. you know let's see how it goes yeah absolutely does that uh
0: summarize our whole week here jerry
1: yeah, pretty much. Beast says, sorry, bad reception. Just <laughs> keep up the strong wall. Thank you, Beast. It was cool having you call in. So, so yeah, well, I think next week is the draft. Maybe we can hit up, uh, you know, Ryan and Beast Rider and see if we can do a collab episode where we live stream the draft together. I think even the first 10 picks will be interesting, right? <laughs> Just to see how it goes. Uh, which I think it's fortunate that the Niners are number three because I think in the past... When I uh, watch the draft, I'm always like, okay, when's the Niners coming on? When's the Niners coming on? <laughs> so fortunately for us, I think it's always been around, what, seven or maybe the later rounds, so you have to wait around for a long time. But this year, it's like, bam, number three, you're going to be right there, you know? So and
0: <laughs> I thought the Niners made a very strong move to, to trade up to number three. Maybe they gave up a little bit too much um, with that pick, but mm-hmm. when they traded to number three, that early before the draft they basically told everyone look we're picking a quarterback at number 3 here right and yep. we're going to dictate you know which kind of quarterback we're going to bring in and watch him kind of perform for us um there in in all these like um in all these workouts so they didn't have to like you know blow any like big smoke screen you know mm-hmm. going from number 12 to trying to trade up to number 3 uh, maybe a day or two before the draft they just went right to it and they were like you know what we're going to bring these quarterbacks in. We're going to dictate what kind of drills they're going to run for us mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we're going to we're going to choose the right quarterback for us, right? And I like that. And you know, I think they had to make that move to be honest with you because we were not going to win a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: It was a bold move. It was definitely a bold move. I think it's a career-ender move if it doesn't go right. So, I really like the fact that they took a chance and they made that move, you know. So, yeah, it's it'll be interesting to see. So, you know, I think our last person show we usually do like betting odds. Um, do you yeah. want to do a little bit of season overall betting odds? Um I know we sure. have some A's fans on there. So I think 86 wins for the A's over under. What do you think? I'll let you Ooh. take that one.
0: Wow. <laughs> that's uh that's tough. <laughs> You want to do Giants first? Maybe No, let's, might be let's do the Oakland A's um, here. I think before the season, Vegas had mm-hmm. them around 86 wins, maybe lower than that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I am, you know, I'm going to go with slightly, I'm going to go with slightly over 86. Slightly wins. over. I think, okay. yeah, I think they're going to go slightly over maybe 87, 88 wins. How about you?
1: Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think um, looking at the way that the A's are starting to gel and string together some wins, I think they, they can probably hit that over-under pretty easily. I think this season being the 162-game season yeah. is really going to help as well, right? It's going to let guys develop, especially pitching. And I think the A's is, uh, pitching staff isn't too bad this season, so I think they yeah. can get there. Okay, so for the San Francisco Giants, I think their projected over-under from what I'm seeing now is 75 and a half still. I think that was their beginning season. I think all these uh, over-unders still stay the same because it's such a small sample size for baseball. Yeah. So I think it's 75 and a half. Um, to me, I think that's an easy over. I think yeah. uh, given the way they're playing, you know, we didn't think they would win 10 games um, this early and be number two. I think it's going to be pretty good. So I think they're going to they're going to hit that over I think too. What do you yeah, think? I
0: think they're going to probably win roughly 85 to 87 games. Um here. The question is can they sustain consistency throughout the season, hmm. right? Can their starting pitching stay healthy? <clears throat> um can their hitting, you know, make up for some of their pitching def- def- deficiencies, especially out of the bullpen? Um so it's going to be interesting to watch. Um, here, but I think 85, 86 wins would be the benchmark for me.
1: Yeah. Do you think it'll go over a hundred at some point?
0: hundred wins? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't think it's going to be a hundred anytime soon, Jerry. Not anytime <laughs> soon, man. I would be happy with 90 you know, wins. 90, 90 wins be awesome. would be great, you know?
1: Yeah, it so. would be great. It would be better yeah. than 100 losses, right? I think that was uh, projected at some point for this team. So it's, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. so it would be better than that at least. Um, okay, so I'm trying to look up the Warriors over under. I think the last one I saw was 36 and a half, which I think they already broke, right, based on what I'm seeing. <laughs> but I guess, uh, what do you think, I guess, in terms of wins for the Warriors? Where are, what are they at right now? So far,
0: 29, 29 I believe, right? They're twenty nine yeah. and twenty nine here. Yeah, so, okay. so
1: thirty six. So that's what? How many games left? Seventy two game season this year, right? So yeah. seventy two. Yeah. Uh, so about fourteen games left. So can they clear? You know the remaining. I guess. Uh, yeah, it'll be like 15 games, which I don't think is going to happen. So if I have to set the odds, let's just say half of that, right? So do you think they'll win seven more games? (laughs) Basically. Out of of 14,
0: right? Out of 14 games? Right. Yeah, I think they're going to win at least eight games down the stretch here. So let's go with the over. Yeah, I think their their schedule is uh, plenty soft enough for them to go on a little hot streak. And I think... Um, them having Curry being this hot offensively really benefits them um, here. Mm -hmm. And um, I think also not having Wiseman on the floor this season is probably a little blessing in disguise in terms of (laughs) getting wins right now.
2: Um, Because
0: he just doesn't fit with this this season's team. It doesn't mean he's not going to fit in in their future, right? But he just doesn't fit with them right now in terms of what they're trying to do, what they're trying to Mm -hmm. run. I'm um, here, and he and his biggest weakness his bi- biggest weakness is his defensive awareness, right? And he mm-hmm. just can't stay on the floor to be effective. So, uh right. I, I'm going to pick the Warriors to win about eight, eight games. The rest okay, of the
1: so I'm going to look at the rest of the schedule. I'm going to say win or losses for me. Okay, okay? and then we can maybe disagree later, but <laughs> yeah. Okay, so today we have Warriors versus Wizards. I say okay. that's a win. Okay, and then we have Nuggets versus Warriors at home. I think that's a loss. Kings versus Warriors, I say win. Mavericks okay. versus Warriors, I say loss. Timberwolves versus Warriors, win. I think Rockets versus Warriors, win. Pelicans versus uh, the Warriors for two games. I think maybe we split the series, so I will say one win there. Okay. Thunder versus Warriors to split the se- split two series as well, a two game series with them. I said we win both, so we're at seven. Jazz, that's a loss. The Suns, mm, that one's going to be a little bit tougher, but I'll say lost there just for the sake of argument. We play the Pelicans again, so that's going to be iffy, and then we play the Grizzlies, right? So to me, I think it's probably around seven or eight. Maybe I'll give them one out of those last three games, so probably eight games, like you said. So,
0: yeah, we. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that matches up with my win total um, here. Yeah, And I think you brought I it. I think you, bro- yeah. you broke it down pretty well. Did you say the pe- they're playing the Pelicans two or three times? They're playing three times. So three they're going to do
1: a two-game series in New Orleans and then to close out the season. One the last two games, it's going to be the Pelicans at home.
0: Yeah, those are going to be pretty tough games there. And yeah, I think they're going to lose oh, yeah. two out of three of those games. Um, okay. Even though the Pelicans are not like a powerhouse team. I'm here but they just have so much talent um on what do you the, think floor? About the
1: Grizzlies. The Grizzlies is kind of unknown to me. Maybe that's a win and that puts it to 8, but I wasn't sure. What do you think about the is, Grizzlies? Are they playing
0: at home? Do you know? Yeah, they're at home. The Grizz- uh, Warriors
1: home. Warriors are at home. Yeah. Yeah,
0: they're a good young and coming team. Um they are too um here and uh they have what uh what's his name? Uh, jaw Morant, they have jaw Morant, um, oh, yeah, on their roster, yep. um, here. And I think they've been clinging on to about what between the seventh yeah. through ninth seed, um, here. And uh, the, they're at the I don't think, they're, seed. They're, so they're,
1: I think oh, yeah, I they think they're that's an important game, seat, actually, though. right? So that's probably really yeah. important because I think we have to win that game if we want to breach the playoffs, you know. So I think that's that's gonna be a clutch game for us actually, if we Definitely. get that far, right? If we're still yeah. in the playoff picture that, that Grizzly gave to end the season, is going to be a lot more important than we thought it was going to be when we started this season. So, so yeah, that'll be interesting. Okay. All okay. right. I think that's what we agree on. And I guess the last pick, uh, you know, I think where we talked about this with Justin Fields, but we mm-hmm. think about the odds there, you know? Like, do you agree with the Vegas odds where they had Justin feels favored and then Mac Jones, like second and Trey Lance is a third, like far reach.
0: Um, I'm not surprised uh, by the order, but I am surprised by how much Trey Lance is a distant third Um, there. Yeah. Um, if I was
1: going to bet on the thing, I'll actually bet Trey Lance. Cause that's a pretty good value at plus 300, you know, like you're actually getting a lot value. of, uh, a lot of value there. So if, uh, People are looking to bet there. I think it's a it's a reach, right? Obviously, with all the bets, <laughs> betting odds is always a reach. But if you mm-hmm. want your bait for your buck, I think that plus three something is uh, it's good.
0: Yeah, I think Mac Jones would be the worst for your buck um, there. And uh, wow. if you're going to make any type of bet and you want to make it big, that, that would probably be it. Trey Lance going number three to the 49ers. Mm-hmm. The safe bet would be Justin Fields. And I think and I think he will be a 49er next week. So. Yeah, I mean that's what the
1: pros would take, right? At, uh, minus one forty, I think they would take uh, Justin Fields. The pros, pros always take the the
0: most favored with the worst odds. So, <laughs> you know, as the weeks gone by, I've, I've really liked Justin Fields' game um, here. Mm-hmm. I think he's, I just think he's a very good player overall, and it's just unfortunate that um, he kind of has that Ohio State Buckeye um, yep. to his uh, to his name, and it's kind of. Um, it's kind of unfair to be honest with you, but uh, let's hope that he gets drafted and he performs well and becomes an all pro player.
1: Yeah. He has that urban Meyer coaching tree, right? I think urban Meyer is a previous offensive coordinator as a head coach or something like that. Yeah. He has, he has two things going against him, but I think overall great athleticism. I've always liked him actually. All um, mm-hmm. of the three. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if I like him more than Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson. I think that's debatable, but but I think out of the three bottom ones, I think he looks the best. So, and I think uh, Andrew summarizes uh, summarizes it the best for all of us. Is um, all the QBs look good, but in the meantime, Kyle, we trust. So I think with that, I think we can probably call it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys, for you know coming in, listening, um, leaving a comment. Um, chatting with us uh, this week. Uh, thanks to Beast Rider for um, making a surprise uh, call. You know, we would love to, uh, you know, have any of you guys on uh, next time we're on here. Uh, Robert yep. Watson, you know, what's going on? You're always in every single one of our episodes. I love we appreciate- it. I love
1: your comments too. So We always appreciate the support, <laughs> guys. Um, and,
0: you know, thank you everyone for coming in, listening. And the uh, next time we'll see you will probably be next week. <laughs>
1: All right. Thanks a lot, everyone. All right, guys.
0: Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the MJ Sportscast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the MJ Sportscast at Mike408 at
2: MindOfJerry11. Tune in next week for another exciting episode.